0: Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head.
1: Marking contest over the top. <laughs> Shoemaker's great fair. Across the ground. Bam! In comes Donnie Wilfmull. Got it out to O'Keefe. Oh. Kick smothered. Check. Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? We only spin. Grips. Goal. Superb
2: from the Eagles. Kicks inside 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a play. She needs to be in perfect yes. The Eagle has for the in 2018. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the West Coast Eagles Big Footy Podcast. The 2019 AFL draft is in the books, and the Eagles have welcomed a number of new faces to the club. So, coming up on the show, we'll take a look at the newest members of the team, how the draft played out, and where to from here for the Eagles. I'm your host, Honey Badger 35 and joining me once again to break down the latest from the draft is Asterix The Gaul. How are you?
0: Really good, thank you. A lot happier than last night. This morning was actually very enjoyable to get a midfielder of quality onto our list.
2: It has been a rollercoaster of emotions on the Eagles board as it pertains to our draft picks and our selections, our non-selections. We will, of course, get into that in due time, but also returning to the show, please make welcome East Coast Eagle. How are you doing?
1: Very well, thank you. Good to be back on and uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a cheshire cat at the moment. A big smile on my face with that draft hole.
2: I feel like this, isn't, this is unfamiliar territory for the Eagles board. It seems like we're always a few nitpicks here and there and, and maybe a little bit of an unhappy bunch when it gets to the draft. So, so far so positive. Let's see if we can make it three from three. Rounding out our crew of draft experts this week, please welcome back Monocle. How are you going, Monacle?
3: Yeah, going very well, and I won't disappoint the uh, the pundits. Uh, I'm in the same vein of thought as the other two. Yeah, very happy, very happy. I, I don't know whether it was because I wasn't expecting a great deal given the, the, the hand that we had, but, yeah, uh,
2: really, really happy. You absolutely love to hear it. I've got a feeling this is going to be a nice chipper podcast. There is, of course, plenty to get through as it relates to the draft, so we'll jump straight into that. As I said up top, it's another draft in the books, and before we start diving into the draft as it related for the Eagles, I thought maybe we could quickly just look at the draft in general. Now, they're always hard to predict, guys, there's always so much written about them ahead of time, and mock drafts done, redone, so there are always going to be a couple of curveballs in the draft, and I think, Monocle, we definitely saw some of those this year. Uh, In general, what did you make of how the draft played out for all the clubs? Uh, were there any, any clubs that you particularly liked the draft hands for and, and any shocks in there that, that really surprised you?
3: Look, I suppose it was, uh, as we indicated the other night, that there was a real evenness to the draft. And I don't think too many clubs totally bombed it. I think most clubs would be happy with the, with the haul that they've got from this draft. A few surprises, but not as, not as many as um, most drafts for me. Uh, it's just one of those ones. I actually think that uh, most, most supporters of most clubs would be happy uh, I, th- I thought a couple of, not quite sure if I can get my head around what uh, North Melbourne did, I thought they went a bit light. Richmond uh, went slightly odd, but and the, the Bulldogs uh, continued their obsession with players under 190 centimetres. But other than that, I thought um, pretty even, pretty good draft and not too many surprises for me.
2: Was there any club that you thought absolutely nailed it? Now, of course, we will get into the Eagles in a moment. So of, of the other clubs, yep. was there anyone that, that jumped out at you as, as a winner on draft day? Uh,
3: look, three. Um, two should have because uh, Fremantle actually had a, an outstandingly good uh, good draft. I, I like not only the picks, but there again, if you get three picks in the top 10, you know, it's, it, you should nail it. I also thought that um, Gold Coast did very well. Uh, Same again um, when you get good early picks. And I thought for what they had and, and the way they navigated their way around, I thought I thought GWS did well. I mean, the two, the two early picks were, were good, but then to pick up uh, Riccardi, I thought that was a bit of icing on the cake for them.
2: Bit of stiff competition at the top end there, but also uh, Freo and Gold Coast hopefully won't be troubling the Eagles for too long. East Coast, over to yourself. Any shocks in the draft that, that really blew you away? And was there a club that stood out to you from the opposing point of view that, uh, that you really liked their draft?
1: Uh, yeah, there were a few shocks. I think there was some. Um, the second half of the first round was quite interesting. Uh, some of the picks that sort of went a lot earlier than I thought. Cooper Stevens, he's, he's a great player. It's just he missed a lot of footy, so that that was strange. Brody Kemp sort of slid to pick 17, and he was talked about being um, pick five. He had the knee injury for second half of the year. That was a little bit strange too. And then. Uh, Mitch Georgiades, I think he's combine, which was just absolutely outstanding. Uh, really uh, shot him up the draft boards, and uh, Port were desperate to get him. Um, so yeah, they jumped on him pretty quickly. I actually thought uh, Richmond stunk it up. I, I didn't like any of their selections at all. Uh, and, and more, I, I do like Thompson Dow, but I think they went really too early on him. Uh, and all their picks in the 40s, they were bidding on all of Brisbane Academy players. Uh, And they're pretty good players, but I think what was left on the board at the time, um, they made some poor decisions and Collingwood was the team that sort of capitalised on those poor decisions Uh, and they had an absolutely outstanding draft, uh, especially with uh, three picks that were 40 and onwards. They picked up Jay Rantel, who I really rate. Um, He's a basketball convert that's similar to, say, a Petrocelli or a Pendlebury. Um, he's very slick mover in the midfield, big tank, beautiful hands. Probably needs to work on his kicking a little bit, but I think he's got a really high ceiling. And at pick 40, they absolutely probably got the steal of the draft. Actually, we did, but we'll, we'll get to that later.
0: Yes, we uh, will.
1: And then also, Bianco was another one that uh, I really liked. I watched a fair bit of his footy this year. He was the Oakley Chargers captain, um, won the premiership with that side. Uh, it does make it a bit easy when you've got Anderson and Rowell in your team, but he was very, very good. Uh, outside, sort of half-back player. Um, he's kicking, his elite, uh, and he runs all day. And for his size, he's pretty hard. He might take a couple of years to develop, but at pick 45, that was another steal. Uh, and then that, at 55, they got Rusco. So they cleaned up, uh, in my opinion, and they would have been laughing after the draft, I think, especially with some of the clubs that sort of um, had some poor picks before them, in, in my opinion. But, yeah, I think the Pies did really well.
2: Definitely one to watch for Eagles fans as we go forward. Asterix, for yourself, general thoughts on the draft and and what was your big takeaway in terms of which opposing team you thought did well?
0: Well, I talked about the draft being a midfielder's draft and anything from the 15 to the 30 was pretty even and that showed that. So, yeah, East Coast, you talked about Thompson Dow. He could have been 27. He came in at 21 or something, whatever it turned out to be. A lot of those, yeah, that played out pretty much to plan. I thought it was a it was an overall good good draft. Little surprised how with Essendon how they just concentrated so much on their tools, and given this is a midfielders draft, I think they're overly worried about um, Dunnerher going next year, and they really needed to stock up on some midfielders, and they didn't. But uh, good draft. It's proved that it was uh, even and that it had good quality. And I've noticed how many clubs are now using the D-list, the fringe players, and pick them up again as a rookie. Um, that That's something we started about three years ago, and uh, that's becoming very popular.
2: And a team for yourself, Asterix, that you thought stood out? Yeah, Fremantle stood
0: out for me. I thought Keys put a very good uh, post out there. They should have stood out because they finished at the bottom, towards the bottom of the, the table, and they lost good players. And someone said, well, you know, they had, how do you get good picks? Well, you get good picks by being a shit team and losing your best players, and Fremantle did both of those. Going back to it, they actually have addressed their needs that they want, and it's interesting seeing Longmire's Long um, input onto that. He wanted outside run, and he wanted better foot skills, and he's got that with what they've done. I love the work that uh, the Suns did and I like the fact that they've actually sold a future a pick because for the first or well, 8 years in the, in the competition they were banking future picks and not investing in it so I'm hoping like how that they've turned the corner but they've got they've got the, probably the three best midfielders available in the draft and then they go and add Jeremy Sharp who He's, he's a slick potential outside midfielder with real class. So I think they've nailed it brilliantly.
2: Well done to the Gold Coast. There will be no more Fremantle positivity on the podcast for the rest of the episode. Thanks, gents. So we'll pack that one in right now. Let's move along to the real stuff. It's time to talk about the Eagles. From an Eagle side of things, the club was very happy to welcome six players onto the list ahead of the 2020 season. We had four new faces, we had two returning players, uh, and as Asterix just touched on there, we did the old trick of a couple of D-listings and bring back some guys on the rookie draft. So, Archie and Brayshaw continue to be Eagles, but the more exciting side of the draft, perhaps, the more headline-grabbing aspect, it's the new faces, and we do indeed have four new Eagles. Callum Jameson, Ben Johnson, Anthony Treacy, and Mitch O'Neill. So... Gents, let's go through these guys one by one. Now, the Eagles obviously didn't have the earliest start in the draft, but the pick that they did have, it it slid all the way down to 49 in the end, and the club selected Callum Jameson. So, Monocle, I'll throw to you on this one. It was a bit of a left-field selection for some, uh, and I've seen some mixed reports about what to make of the pick. So... Take us through maybe what the club was thinking with the pick and then yourself personally, how did you see this selection?
3: Yeah, look, I was, I was comfortable enough with it. I'll be honest with you. You know, as I was hoping for a midfielder at that point in time, but as will come to, uh, up later in the, in the Eagles' picks, that was redeemed. I suppose one of the things I said the other night is if you're looking for a Ruckman in this draft, uh, it was not a good uh, draft to be go looking for Ruckman. I reckon there were about four tops that you'd want. We got one of them. And homegrown boy, West Coast supporter. Yeah, I like the pick. So if you if you focus on what we got rather than when we got him, I think it's a good pick. I've seen enough of him at the uh, under 18s and also at Claremont to think the kid's got a lot of lot of upside. Look, he's a pipe cleaner at the moment. He's that skinny. He's running. He runs around. He looks like a giraffe. Um, but one thing that you can't help but notice is when the ball hits the ground, one. He's very good below his knees, and too. it's his nat- natural instincts and in- inclination um, to hunt the ball on on the deck. Uh, I, I like that. I think that's a, that's a great attribute. If you look at where he is in the rucking pecking order, yeah, probably a good selection. Him under under Bailey Williams with the three senior guys in 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 Nick Knack, Barty and uh, and Hickey. Probably a a good spot for him to be. We've got to tell you, uh, he showed a lot of um, balls and grunt um, leading the Claremont Colts, and as we now know, that uh, they took out the Colts Premiership. So I've seen enough of him to say, yep, raw, acknowledged, very raw, reasonably smart footballer, but for his size, very, very athletic. Happy with the
2: pick. Excellent. East Coast, I'll throw to you on your takeaway from the pick. Look, like I said, big footy, a little bit mixed on it, uh, both in terms of the position and maybe the timing of the selection. So where did the Jameson pick fall for you?
1: Uh, When I was watching at the time, um, there was a couple on the board that um, I had my little notepad out in front of me and um, I was ticking them off as they were coming off the board. Uh, And there was a couple on there that I was praying for and a little bit frustrated when they mentioned his name at that time, only because of what the talent was still left on there. But oh, he's, he's good. And when I when I round it out with everything else that we got, uh, it's perfect. Um, I've got no problem with it at all. Um, and he plays that real ruck forward position. So it very it complements what we go for. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he... Uh, Rowan uh, O'Brien's on the record of saying that you know it was a four to five year sort of selection he's going to take a while Um, Monocle sort of said he's a pipe cleaner at this stage which he is he needs to put on some size uh, and he needs to develop but um, yeah overall I'm happy with the pick Um, no problem here Uh, I mean at the time I I probably would have picked something else but um, yeah very happy with it how it panned out.
2: Asterix I'll throw to you for your take on Jameson but also just uh Maybe think this one through for me as well. Is it the sort of thing where the timing is the bigger issue than the talent here? It's people see this is our first pick and we've gone with a Ruckman. That's a bit of a shock. This kid's a project. That's a bit of a shock. If if you had have told me that we were getting this kid, but perhaps just a bit later, is that maybe something you would have been more comfortable with there?
0: Spot on. If I had have told you we got Mitch O'Neill with our first pick and then we got Jamison and we got the other two in the rookie draft, you'd think, yeah. That works well. A little bit like Bailey Williams last year. I was distraught when we got Foley and pretty meh when we got um, Z- uh, Xavier. But then with our with our third pick, we picked up Bailey Bailey Williams and then we picked up um, Cameron. It all evened itself out. Like So I look at it that and I think I'm not going to be so worried about when or how we got them, but we got him. We got the, the, the four that we got. And I love the overall balance, the mix of him. I like Jamison. Um He can, as I think Monica was said, he can. He, he, he's not bad in front of the goals, and there's no uh, there's no loss of dignity in being the number two ruckman behind uh, Luke Jackson in 2019 for for WA. He is he is a, an overage, but you know he's grown five centimeters in the last nine months, so that explains a fair amount for you.
2: So by the time he plays, he's going to be about 230 centimetres tall, and we're just going to absolutely crush the 2025 hit-out rankings, so stay tuned for that one. Guys, we'll move on from Jameson. Uh, Of course, we took him towards the back end of the 40s. Now, pre-draft, we didn't think we'd be on the clock for a fair while after that, but the pick came up a little sooner uh, than you might have previously thought. So Monocle with the next selection. They've gone and taken Ben Johnson. Now this is a guy that you named. Uh, you, you mentioned him last week as a local talent that had a bit of upside. So take us through the timing of the pick and take us through the talent here. What did what did the Eagles get in Johnson?
3: Oh, let me say up front, I was absolutely delighted when we called his name out. As I as I said the other night, the foot schools are absolutely elite and I actually rate him as within the top one or two best kicks in this cohort. So uh, I like that. Um, also, his speed is blistering. I like that. Uh, look, I'm not surprised that they took him. If, if you look at the way we've drafted over the last three to four years, foot schools have become a priority, and, and rightly so. So uh, I think he's a good pickup. Uh, if he can work on that, on, on getting a bit of a mass to his, to his body and work on his tank, I think we've got actually got a genuinely good footballer and um, – what more can I say? Absolutely, to have him on board. I mean, I studied his virtues the other night and the reasons why we should pick him up. And just nice to see that occasionally I get one right. <laughs>
2: That's right. That's terrific, No, It was a good uh, good little plug for the podcast as well. You just absolutely nailing that second pick. So congrats, Monocle. East Coast, I'll throw to you on your thoughts on the Johnson selection.
1: Yeah, I was quite happy with this one. Uh, I really like him. Um, he's got some real attributes, that being his speed and his kicking. Um, He's a bit more of a project player. He might take, um, you know, three to four years to come on, but only because he's a a bit slight at the moment. But, yeah, he's got some real attributes that are finger-licking good. So uh, I was quite excited with
0: that.
2: Asterix, we talked about the need to acquire a midfielder. Uh, Now, of course, we've got a bona fide midfielder a little later on in the rookie draft. We will get to, but we discussed last week the potential of a guy like Johnson perhaps one day moving inside into the midfield. Is that something that you think could be on the radar, or, or are we perhaps grooming him here to be the next Jetta, the next Hearn, or the nice elite kick off the back line?
0: Well, if that's our worst-case scenario and you've got someone with that penetrating and powerful kick out of full back, that's a pretty good position to be in because if you look at our other defenders, they're not there. And with, once Jetta and Hearn go, we've got a void. I suppose I'm pretty happy with uh, Rotten's kicking, but that so that gives you two options. Will he make it as a midfielder? I don't know. But that pace... He's got that, uh, if it's not midfield, he's got a little bit of the sad running out of defence saying, come on, pricks, I'm going to take you on and run away from you. Quite like that side of him. He's got a certain arrogance and he'll back in his pace. That's what Elliot Yeo has. I think, I think that's a pretty good core to be able to work on, to be able to say if you could learn some of the midfield traits, um, at least having a stint every now and again would be very, very good. But like the pick and... Um, a goal-kicking halfback flanker, midfielder. Good.
2: Now, from there, we saw the Eagles pass. They were done for the day. And we will, of course, get into the rookie selections in just a moment. I thought I'd drop a question in here. We've got a question from Mr. KK. And the timing of it seems to be best to uh, insert it in here. So, of course, if you do have any questions, you can get in touch with us on Big Footy or on Twitter at WCEBFpod. Monica, I'll start with you and we'll go around the table on this one. Uh, given that the Eagles passed after the Johnson pick and they didn't re-enter until the the rookie draft the following day, was there any players uh, that you thought the club missed out on that perhaps they were banking on being available in the rookie draft? Do you think that's the sort of gambling strategy monocle that the club might take?
3: No, I think they played it pretty well. And It comes down to tenure of uh, what you need to offer the guys on the rookie draft. I actually thought we played it pretty well. And a few of my mates were talking and we thought we'd, we'd take the two, cut it at then. There wasn't an absolutely pick-me-pick-me standout that everyone one else had missed. mess. Well, maybe they did. But at that point, we'll, t- we'll get to that later, the, the, I, I thought, yeah, no, don't check out now. Um, and given that we got the guy that I liked that was probably on my list to take at 46, I'll leave that for others to, to uh, speculate who that may be. But I, look, I thought we handled it, handled it pretty well. Did what we needed to do, and then gave us gave us some flexibility um, to use that rookie list um, to advantage. Well played.
2: Asterix, for yourself, was there anybody that came off the board after the Eagles passed, but before we got back into the draft that uh, that you thought was perhaps a bit of a miss?
0: No, it was I, I was probably pissed off. We took Jamison ahead of Trey Trey Rusko. That's not the that's not the question you answer. But um, I wasn't overly worried. I was more concerned that I thought we had probably three pretty good midfielders available that I wanted us to pull the trigger on. And uh, it was Josh Shute. It was Mitch Mitch O'Neill. And so at the end of the day, not unhappy. At the time, I was a little frustrated.
2: And East Coast, for yourself, anybody that went after the Eagles exited the draft that you thought would have looked pretty good in the blue and gold?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think after that Johnson pick, and I don't know this for the fact, but they had to have had a look at uh, Jackson Pryor, uh, but he got taken with the next pick. So uh, they might have changed their tune on what they were going to do there. Uh, and another one was Garcia, who was only a couple of picks afterwards, that they've they've probably disclosed the book on the draft. I mean, I agreed. I I was uh, at every pick we had. I was praying we'd go for O'Neill. Um, I yeah, saw a lot of his footy, and I was just praying we'd get him. There's another good one, yeah, in Shoot, and also Casa. Um, uh, two really good outside players that uh, two of them are left undrafted, which is strange for me. But yeah, I was really praying for that O'Neill pick. But um, yeah, I reckon they just sort of said, oh, there must be there's something there that's made them everyone uh, look at him for a rookie draft, and not sure what that is.
2: Very good. We'll look. We'll get into O'Neill in just a moment, but it is time to look at the rookie draft and indeed the Eagles' selection just before O'Neill, and that is of course Anthony Tracy. Now, Asterix, This is looking like a really exciting pick. There's plenty of highlights floating around. It's a bit of a, a bit of buzz on the big footy community already about this selection. So, tell us a little bit about this kid and and, and what you made of the selection. Okay,
0: so I saw a little bit of him at Claremont. Um, the first couple of games I went to, he was playing reserves, and it was. Yeah, a young guy doing quite well in reserves. This is a guy who two or three years ago was over in Sydney in the Sydney Academy. He did his ACL and uh, he'd been schooled in Sydney and then went back to Broome and has been playing amateurs, I think it was. Came down to Claremont, gunned it in the reserves for the first two or three weeks. And uh, I think it was actually the injury to... Uh, the rib injury against Beagles that uh, Alec Waterman had that got him a, a gig up at, at the seniors, and for the 17, 18 games he had, he's delivered a goal a game, and he's got some he's got some tricks, he's got some some nice little moves. I think to be fair, look, Bond 007 has actually articulated quite well. Someone called him out and said, as a result of stuffing up with Kelly and um, ryan and not pulling the trigger early enough as west coast learnt, and that's why you've done that with tracy and he came back and said yes so a lot better than burrows or that tom gorter character that they were not that they're not highly required or desired picks we've actually got someone who with a he has not had a pre-season so imagine what he might be like with a pre-season i saw him a couple of times in the claremont games when He ran out of steam because he hadn't had his pre-season. He really needs to work on on getting some some endurance into his game. But he's slippery in the forward line. And so if you think of a season where uh, we've got Rioli out, um, that just adds another good dimension with it all. So I think he's a great pick. It's one year. Will he cope with the professional rigours of the AFL system? That's probably what we're using the one year for. If the answer is yes, then I think maybe in two years' time, he might be knocking on the door. Don't expect anything knocking on the door this year or 2021. It's probably the following season, and he could be quite magical. Great pick.
2: That's a resounding yes. Now, East Coast, uh, Asterix just hinted at it then. We did have a question from Bombard. Just with regards to the Tim Kelly situation and, and to a lesser extent the Liam Ryan situation, how big of an influence do you think that will have played in the club's thinking, given that you know they're happy to pull the trigger a little bit early on somebody who is rising quite quickly up the waffle ranks?
1: Yeah, absolutely, it would have. Um, and you know, the, the club doesn't want to be left with egg on their face because uh, there has been some really good waffle products that have gone on to other clubs that we've missed out on. He's one that you, you just look at that highlight reel and go, wow, he's got some real attributes. Um, And, yeah, like Asterix said, if he gets a pre-season, anything's possible. I think he he could be a sneaky chance to have a game uh, next year if he gets some good form together. I think a a real thing that we've had uh, struggles with in the past season was um, contested ball inside 50. Um, So we're probably looking at that as an area, and that's why we've gone pretty heavy with small forwards to ensure that we're Uh, chasing and tackling pretty hard Uh, and, you know, turning the ball over in that area because with our midfield that we've got now, I'd expect a lot of forward 50 entries and what we'd want to do is lock that ball in uh, and then turn it over and create that little bit of magic. So he sort of fits the bill in in that regard Uh, and, yeah, he looked like he had a pretty rapid rise in the waffle this year. So very smart selection and, um, yeah, got in early. It's a no risk with a one-year contract if it doesn't work out, you know, um, we can move him on. But if it does work out, we look really, really good. And I think Edwards is probably one last year that we took that was a bit speculative, but uh, it's worked out. And, um, yeah, it, it looks like he's really um, trending in the right way. So hopefully um, Anthony can do the same thing.
2: Monocle, for yourself, we saw the Eagles happy to give a young Jared Cameron a debut last year. Is, is this selection here of Tracy, is it a guy that you think is a chance to play this year, or what are we looking at in terms of the long-term projection for this kid?
3: Oh, yeah, I'm very upbeat on him. I'm very upbeat on him. Um, look, I, I acknowledge if, if you don't follow Claremont or haven't watched a lot of their games, you might be thinking, who the hell's that? I've had the benefit of watching him, and the greatest thing that I've seen is is his upward trajectory in um, at the standard of how he played. The guy's got some tricks. He slipped slippery quick, and he's as cunning as a shit-house rat. And, you know, I, I really like the way he goes about his game. The other thing I like, at 22 years of age, he's a bit more mature. Uh, by his own admission, he'd been in the system, came out, re-evaluated, and then in his own mind, uh, he recommitted to it. I like that. I think if he can get some uh, some stamina, some tank, and get in professional uh, environment, you know, I actually think I agree with the East Coast Eagles. I think he's a sneaky chance to play this year. Uh, Obviously that's predicated on some injuries, some some other players, but you know, I I think he's got the tricks. The guy's super skillful and he's very, very quick. So I'm glad that he's on our list.
2: And lastly, well, not ultimately lastly in the draft, but by way of new faces, the last name through the door, East Coast, You've been, uh, you've been hinting at it for a little while now throughout the pod. I'm very happy to turn the mics over to you here. We selected Mitch O'Neill. It's an All-Australian midfielder from Tassie. We got him with the second rookie pick. Seems like one of, if not the biggest sliders in the draft. So take it away. What is your read on the Mitch O'Neill pick?
1: Well, all I can say is uh, I'm like Big Kev because I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I was uh, sitting at the draft uh, watching it. Pick 46 came up. We didn't take him. I let out a little um, squeal of disappointment uh, to which my wife sort of looked at me and thought, you're crazy. Uh, but yeah, I really, really um, rated this guy. I, was, I probably had about uh, 25 in the draft uh, and nobody can deny this guy's one of the bed, better mids in the draft. Uh, and that's purely because he's been a uh, dual all Australian. Uh, and to do it in an underage year it's just remarkable. So he's uh, he is really a quality mid, and he also was in the team of the year in the NAB League, uh, and he only played half the season. So that's remarkable in itself. Uh, he he's got some real skills, um, and I, I did say in the uh, last podcast that I had a feeling might, there might be a slider there uh and boy did this guy slide it was a bit of an avalanche uh to be honest and yeah i'm not really sure why at this stage it could be the injury but yeah it really stood out to me he's got real impact on games um i watched a fair bit of him this year and he's one that he was in a pretty poor side in um that they got better over the championships but he was one that was you know uh really uh running to get his side in the game um, his key attributes is his kicking it's really really sharp he'd be in the top five kicks in, in this draft pool uh, and his vision's really good too so he'll hit those kicks on the 45 that you know not straight down the line he'll see something out the corner of his eye and hit it um, and I think the other thing is he's got agility and traffic that he'll just sidestep around a few guys um, do a one-two with another player and then he's off he's, and he, that speed that he has away from the contest is really good he's actually also for his size he's really strong overhead so um, for me he's, he's one of those real complete midfielders so I'm, I'm really really surprised he got through to where he did he did have the MCL injury that I've been reading up on because um, I was really surprised that he slipped so far a couple of his interviews, he's he's not a fig jam or anything like that. So I think it really was the MCL injury, or or maybe it's uh, he's two-way running. I'm not too sure. Uh, but his tackle numbers through the NAB uh, League and uh, also the championships were were pretty high. So you know he's got to work. He's got a work rate um, that shows that he's he's there for the contest. For me, he really is a steal, an, an absolute steal, and he's ideally. Um, suited to our kick mark style of game uh, because he's a hard runner. He's good overhead. He's got a beautiful kick and he's got a good tank too. So I think he'll really suit our ground. Uh, He'll probably start as an outside midfielder, I'd say, and then eventually over the years when he puts a bit of strength into that body, um, he's probably one that can start in the middle because he can burst out of that stoppage uh, and hit someone um, lace out, which he's – the perfect sort of developing mid for our team, which I, just makes me ecstatic because that's what we needed.
2: Asterix, we've been talking about how we wanted a mid selected and, and indeed you've been talking about the state of the midfield depth, the young midfield depth for a little while now. So for yourself, seeing this one play out, we've got the kid. Our, our starting midfield is fantastic. So it's not you can't expect him to be pushing into the starting midfield this year. But as it goes to addressing that depth concern of yours, how, how far did this pick go?
0: I love the fact that he's a balanced midfielder, as uh, East Coast said, he can play both inside and out, and I'd see him taking an, an outside role first. I messaged a, a mate of mine who's with the GWS um, talent team and uh, I got some input on 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 him. He had ankle problems at the beginning of the year, and um, that 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 post post the championships, he had the MCL issue. Um, now, this guy's had an MCL issue, and he said, look, this is not a big drama. It's a clean-up, and he should be ready, roaring to go by the pre-season. He had four comments about him. He's a good, good player. He's a natural footballer. He's got football smarts, and in the game, he's influential. And as said, a dual All-Australian. He's the best player from Tasmania, and he's a balanced midfielder. Fantastic. Loved the pick, and as, as, as both what all of us have said. If we had have taken him at 46, I would have been happy as well.
2: Monocle, for yourself, I suppose at this point in the piece, we're all just trying to figure this one out and, and reverse engineer it as to how he's slid this far. So it sounds like there's a couple of lingering injury issues, just sort of minor ones, things to monitor for a young kid. But for yourself, expecting to see a guy... Like this available on the on the third day of the draft. Ultimately, it doesn't really seem too realistic for me. So when you saw his name come up with the Eagles' second rookie pick, what what was your take on the situation?
3: I was absolutely ecstatic. It was one of these names after say about pick twenty five. I was wanting waiting to see where he came off. I I had him in my groupings in the twenty five to thirty five. Mark for where he should go off. Of course, when a guy slides like that, it's always, you know, and you end up getting, it's always tempered, is too good to be true? Um, I've got a mate who is on one of the tables of one of the teams and uh, similar to to Asterix. Well, I contacted him and, and said, well, what's the go? What am I missing here? And he said, well, well, nothing. He's a great footballer. I said, "Well, so why didn't you take him? He said, because we were out, out of the draft early. I like the kid." I think he's got a great skill set. Uh, He ticks a lot of the boxes that seems to be very important with who we recruit now. And the good thing about the Tasmanian boy, there is no go-home bagger. So uh, I love the pick. Very excited
2: by it and, uh, yeah, very happy. Now, the one thing that will always be hard to separate from this draft is the fact that we sent so many picks to Geelong. Now, you're getting a star player back in Tim Kelly. Very hard to complain about that. But Asterix, the Eagles board was willingly following along with the Geelong draft hand, trying to see what they'd turn our picks into. They were pretty active in this draft period. They made a, a trade and, and you know made a couple of selections that the Eagles board perhaps didn't see coming. So... Quite quickly, do you want to take us through what Geelong did with our draft assets that we gave them in the Tim Kelly deal?
0: Okay, I'm going to simplify it and say, what are the the three picks this year that we gave up? They didn't all go to Geelong, but those three picks, what happened to them? Pick 14 became pick 16, became Cooper Stevens, local Geelong Falcons guy who will never want to leave Geelong. And subject, uh, apart from his broken leg, he was tipped as a first round, early first rounder, So very good pick from that. Pick 24 became pick 27. That was traded to the Suns to get Sharp. And in return, they basically got Suns' um, compensation pick 11 in 2020. Pick 33 actually went to Essendon. That became pick 38. And Essendon picked up Nick Bryan. So this is going to be an interesting one because... Uh, it's like the Sydney pick spot that we did a, a year or so ago or this, this, the, um, the Suns pick that we had. This is going to go into multi-years because you've got, uh, of course, what did Geelong do in 2020? But uh, they were three very good picks. I thought pick 24 and pick 33 as they were, were in a sweet spot in the draft and they proved to be in a sweet spot in the draft. And um, Wells should have shut the F up because you had three very good picks.
2: Well, before we move off the draft, I thought we'd just go around the table quite quickly and uh, just give a parting thought on the Eagles draft hand, how they played it, who we got. We're obviously delighted with some of the names through the door, but uh, just yeah, just in terms of what you expected out of the Eagles draft and, and what we got in the end. So, East Coaster, I'll throw to you first here. What was your takeaway from the Eagles draft? Uh,
1: very happy. It's a really good mix of players, uh, developing Ruckman, um, you know, Nick Nat, uh, Hickey and Vardy are sort of coming into the latter years of their career. So we'll have um, we'll have Jamison and um, Williams uh, sort of in backup. So, yeah, really nice selection there and well thought out. Um, Johnson's a great pick. Uh, he could be anywhere from like a, a winger to back pocket to half back. So he, in some of the assets that he's got is great. Uh, and then, yeah, small forward, which is, um, yeah, it, it could be a really, really wise pick. Uh, and then the O'Neill one's great. They have that developing mid. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really well done by our team. So uh, I'd like to congratulate them on on what was a, a great draft in the end. Uh, I'm probably similar to Asterix in I was a little bit frustrated when I went to bed last night, but this morning was pure relations. So, uh, yeah, no, it was really, really well done.
2: Monaco for yourself, similar feelings towards the Eagles draft hall?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought the guys did exceptionally well. Needs going in, a ruck project, tick. A genuine midfielder, tick. Albeit we got him a lot later than we thought, but absolutely outstanding pick. A, a player who couldn't be a lockdown defender, very quick and uh, and sharp, tick. Bonus is he may be able to actually transition into be a midfielder, uh, given the Willy Rioli situation, maybe best available. Is there a small forward there? Well, there was, we took him tick. And the overriding arching thing is, and we got Kelly. Yeah, really good. Love the draft, love the trading period. And as a guy who's occasionally throwing stones at the guys in the recruiting team, uh, nine and a half out of 10 this year for what we had. Well done.
2: Fantastic. Asterix, to close it off, do you have a similar feelings towards the Eagles draft hall?
0: Similar feeling. I think. Kelly first of all and you got to you've always got to take the trading and drafting into consideration as a combined block. We kept the core group together, we didn't have to lose any any young talent. We bought in Kelly and we bought in four people. I think one thing I'd like to bring about um, our guy Johnson. We've got some guys that can run hard out of defense. But we have – interestingly, we've got to make sure we – as the world goes towards more small forwards that are fast, we've got to be able to have someone to get on them and then someone who can think and then execute their kicks downfield. I'm not sure we want to turn him into a a midfielder. We might just be very happy with that attribute. You think about the sides of, of this world, speed coming out of the fence and the McKenna and so forth. Um, that's a great attribute. But happy with what we've got, and I also think we've addressed a couple of things on our age profile. And I'll put I'll put something on this website on on this particular thread about the by position by age. And if you look at it without Tracy, without Kelly, and without bringing back um, Archie, we look very light on in the 23 to 27 year olds. But uh, look, the, the grade trade and draft. I'm not sure they could have done much better.
2: Guys, just before we finish up on the draft in total, I thought we could just everybody go around the table. We'll go one by one and just take a look at some of the elite WA talent. It was a great year for WA draftees, uh, and we'll have a look at their landing spot, how that fits and uh, and what we made of the pick. So, East Coast, I might start with you for the first name. I know it's a guy that you were very, very high on. We saw Luke Jackson taken by Melbourne supremely early in the draft, third overall pick. Uh, It's one that's stirred a little bit of discussion up. So what did you make of the pick?
1: Uh, I thought it was an interesting one, um, A, because Melbourne have already got uh, Gorn and they do have Proust in, in supply, but I believe they want to play him forward um, early in his career, uh, which is a little bit strange because he did predominantly play Ruck um, in his, I- this year, so uh, I'm not sure how much time he actually spent forward. It was an interesting one for me. Um, Melbourne could be able to hold on to him too, but, um, yeah and i really wanted gws to get in because i thought it'd be easier to probably prime back only because uh they you know have a um, salary cap issues every year um but yeah a really, bit of a strange pick for me with melbourne but i don't mind it i think he is rated top five in the draft for me he's going to be an elite player so um you, you can't really question them getting an elite player can you
2: now, keeping it with WA guys who moved interstate, we'll, uh, like I said up top, we'll, we'll maybe pass on the on the Freo analysis just for this one. So we'll keep it with the guys that left WA. Monocle, I'll throw to you here. We saw Dev Robertson fall. He fell to the second day of the draft. It was one of the earlier sliders. Uh, he's, he's wound up being selected by Brisbane. They traded up to get him at the start of day two of the draft. What did you make of the pick?
3: Oh, I love I think it was one of those things when it got to their pick. Obviously, they traded up to get in front of Port. Uh, they had Robinson in mind. Look, the guy's pedigree is very good. I can understand why they why they went after him. Um, it's going to be an interesting watch. the 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 amount of young talent for the Brisbane midfield is is pretty well stacked. He's going to need to bide his time. Um, uh, the optimist in me and. Uh, would like to think Willie might get a little bit frustrated, and uh, given his uncle's list manager, we might be able to prime uh, him loose in a few years. But on the sheer volume of it, look, he's a good kid. Uh, I felt for him not getting picked up in the first uh, first round, but at the end of the day, you, you get drafted, and that's the main thing. And uh, he's gone to a decent club, and he's also gone to a club that we've had um, we've had success prying good players in uh, Redden and, and Yo out. So, yep. Good on him, he's drafted. That's all. It's more than any of the four of us have done. Thank you.
2: <laughs> uh, very good. I needed that confidence booster just uh, on this one. Thanks for that, Monocle. <laughs> uh, so Melbourne went, went back to the WA draft board. They've selected Rivers. Asterix, I'll throw to you on this one, your take on that as a landing spot for the young man.
0: I love Rivers and really wanted him for my pick. I'm actually delighted that he's gone to the softcocks. And I reckon we've got a good chance to, to wedge him away from the soft cocks and maybe even bring Jackson home with him. Um, great pick by Melbourne. Uh, I had him well ahead of uh, Thompson Dow as, as, as a talent. But there's something about Melbourne that I, don't, I think it's going to take them another decade to get over that loss at the preliminary final in 2018. And that just shows how soft a cock team they are.
2: I love it. I said up top, no Fremantle praise, but I will firmly, firmly encourage Melbourne slander on this podcast. So please continue to fire away. That goes for all listeners, any future guests. If you want to come on here and take a swing at Melbourne, please be my guest. We'll keep it with the WA guys uh, and the Gold Coast Suns. They, they were the next up in the raid of the WA talent. East Coast, they selected Sharp. What did you make of the pick?
1: Yeah, they traded up to get Sharp too. So um, they obviously really raided him. Uh, I really like him. He's uh, got—he's very similar to Mitch O'Neill in a lot of ways. Uh, Beautiful kick, outside midfielder, um, sort of got the long blonde hair. You probably love the surfing up in the um, Gold Coast. Uh, And also they've—they've got a really strong um, seven now uh, that they've taken from the last two drafts. That it might make him feel inclined to want to stay, just because they could be on the verge of something special, but. That could take a while too, uh, and he might get a little bit homesick. So uh, he could be one that is easily pried away if it's done early enough before they get too much success. Uh, and he's one I'd, I'd probably like to keep, it, keep an eye on. Um, he's, he's one that I think is probably the most prizeable uh, out of any of those players.
2: Monocle, next up we saw Collingwood. They came for Trey Rusco, really good value pick at pick 55. It's one that's getting a fair bit of praise. Is that an assessment that you echo?
3: No, oh, I was a massive uh, Trey Rusko fan. Always helps when you see, when you see an opposition uh, player kick six goals against your Colts side, uh, as Rusco did against Claremont. Um, a lot of people just pigeonhole him as a, as a undersized key position defender. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. The guy can play midfield and he can play uh, as a forward. Look, I always admire the work of Wells and I always admire the work of um, Derek Hine. I think he's a very astute uh, a judge of football talent and I think he's nailed this one. Well done.
2: Now, Asterix, we skipped over a couple of Sydney guys, but I thought maybe you could talk about them uh, in a bit of a block here. So we saw uh, Chad Warner and Elijah Taylor both go to Sydney in pretty short order as well. I think it was picked... 36 and, and 40 or 39 something they were, they were close together is my point. So Sydney, obviously very happy to raid that champion WA side. and what did you make of both of these guys going across to New South Wales?
0: Well, Sydney have got a very good program to assimilate players and keep them into state. They, they don't lose too many. So they're going to have to work bloody hard because I believe Taylor has some issues. And he will be a little bit precarious. They're going to put it, I reckon they'll, they'll put a lot of work into him and uh, to support him. Great pick, great skills. He could be anything, but you know what? He could be gettable in 12 months' time. If he's not getting games, all he needs is a bit of an injury and he's spending time in rehab and his mind's not there. Um, time to come and knock him. So I'm happy about that. Warner's as tough as you could be. The problem, I actually was. Not surprised that Sydney went for him because they need some blue collar um, midfielders and and he's delivering exactly that for them. He's a tough bugger. If he if he lives his life how he plays football, he's he's just going to commit to the club. So yeah, I I I, I don't see him necessarily being prizeable away. But um, that was a great pick those two for Sydney. Yeah, one was a speculative one. One's a no brainer.
2: Now, moving along to the next guy that left the state, we saw Ronan O'Connor go to Adelaide East Coast. Your read on the situation here for the WA midfielder.
1: Yeah, interesting pick uh, where they got him. Um, I thought he was probably more of a rookie pick, but they got him at 42. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, They obviously saw something in him and, look, they've been a team that have had a few picks uh, previously where they've shocked me a little bit, but uh, they've actually turned into good players. Um, I think Tom Dodie a couple of years ago, I was like, what? Um, But, yeah, he's turned into a a bit of a jet. So, I don't know, he he could be a really good player for them. Um, And if he is, he'd one we'd, we'd be interested in. But I think at this stage it would be a lower interest in him at this stage um, so, yeah, I'm mean, happy just to see how he pans out first. And then, you know,
0: if it works well and he wants to come home, I think we'd be into him. Just on that one, Monica and I have gone to a few Claremont games. He's slow. So he fits the Adelaide midfield mould. <laughs> and I'm not sure, given our oval and given our game style, that we're probably into him. So I wouldn't be putting a lot of energy and effort into him. Um, I was thinking of rookie. I think, Monica, you were probably thinking he may not even get drafted.
3: Rowan O'Connor, I've seen a bit of him. I, I don't actually rate him. I thought he would be, at, at best, a rookie pick. So for him to come off the board at 42, that surprised me. Look, he's got good leadership qualities, that acknowledged. But I just think, uh, as astrix have said, he's a, he's a tad slow. He's a dower player rather than a, um, a match turner.
2: Monica we'll keep with you on the next guy off the board from the WA Championship side. Uh, Jackson Pryor, selected by Brisbane, another one that's going across to the Lions. He was taken, I think we touched on it earlier in the pod, pretty shortly uh, after that Eagles pick as well. So for him to be taken uh, off the board and away from the Eagles' next pick, uh, what did you read into that, and what did you make of his selection to Brisbane?
3: Oh, look, I think an outstanding pick. I, I like the kid. Yeah, I think there's a lot of upside to him. Uh Great left foot kick. Uh, interestingly, he went just after we took Ben Johnson. Uh, both West Perth boys. Uh, yeah, a lot of upside to Jackson Pryor. I, th- I think. I think he was well. Uh, uh, he was a good pick at uh, uh, where Brisbane got him, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he how he goes. It's going to be a hard side to break into, but uh, who knows? We might be able to. Uh, excuse the pun, prior pry him away from uh, from Brisbane at a later date. But there's quite a predatorial sort of uh, slant to this. The guys weren't where, where they went. Some are going to settle, some aren't, and the proof will be is if the guys that don't settle, uh, we can nab them. That, that that would be nice.
2: Yep, future Eagles all. you love to hear it. Uh, last but certainly not least of the WA guys, Asterix, Garcia, he went to the Bulldogs. He's a guy we talked about last week as perhaps an option for the Eagles. So he lasted all the way to pick 62. What did you make of the Riley Garcia selection?
0: I I rate him. I think he's good. I would have been happy enough for us to pick him um, with with our first pick. Probably prefer it on the second. It's a big gamble by the doggies because he's going to be in rehab for most of 2020. And you go into state as a young guy – and you spend the time in rehab, it's bloody lonely. The other thing is it's not as if he's gonna be pushing down the door and likely to get into the doggies midfield within the next two years. So that could lead to a whole bunch of disappointment, frustration. And I'd be keeping close with him because he's he's got some he's got some grunt he, he's he's a competitive beast and he hates losing so I'd be keeping tabs with him because he again we've got we've got a decent rapport with the doggies and if they're going to babysit him through his rehab years and then we take him off their hands I'm happy with that
2: All right, question time before we finish up. Now, we have had a few questions throughout the pod, so thank you to Mr. KK, thank you to Bombard, and also thank you to Keys. We have another question from Keys, just to close us off. Asterix, and I'll start with you. The rumour mill has started to swirl that the Eagles are interested in Jared Pickett. Uh, now, it's something that we need to monitor. It, it would effectively be a free signing in this supplementary draft period. Uh, there's word that he is potentially training with the club or, or set to start training with the club. So what do you make of the potential selection of Jared Pickett? And uh, and is that a player that you think the Eagles would be correct to pursue? Or if not, is there somebody else you'd like to see him pursue in that supplemental draft period? Quite like the Pickett,
0: the, the the choice of Pickett to be training with us because he's – he was a bit fig jam when he went over to GWS, and then he rode the I'm going with SOS over to Carlton, and he's got some he's got a he's got some heart issues. He's got a weak heart muscle. Um, he doesn't put the energy and effort in, and it's it's probably been a good wake up call that your AFL career is going to be over, son, unless you do something different. So I quite like the fact that he's on he's on that that that. Um, Threat that concern whatever you want to call it, he's got real pace. He's got uh, he's, he's actually a very good kick as well. He's good set shot for goals. You can play him as an outside wingman, a half forward, or a pressure forward. Given given Willie's not going to be around, given that there's potential concerns that uh, either the Bulldogs or Carlton got a big offer on the table for Petracelli, um, it's a good it's a good position to be in. We're picking him up. On a, on a rookie salary for 12 months if we do pick him up. There's not a lot to dislike about that. Within the age profile of the the, the group that I've got in there at the 23 to 27-year-olds, we're light on. And uh, if, we can, if we can add some outside midfield run and play him on a wing, hey, we're really short in that space, in that age group, and it makes sense. I think it's also very good... I believe with Kelly coming on board, the idea about going for six rookies uh, reduces our payroll cost and that allows us to be able to fit Kelly into our into our salary cap. So for a whole bunch of reasons, it makes sense.
2: Perfect. Sounds like a bit of a free hit. East Coast, is that a sentiment that you echo? Is there somebody else you'd like to see us use that rookie spot on, or do you think that there is still a plenty of upside in Jared Pickett?
1: I saw a few Carlton games, only because I've got a couple of Carlton mates over here, and um, yeah, it, I think he's got some real attributes, and uh, I think it, as a free hit, it's a no-brainer, really. Uh, and I think if um, Chance Bateman and um, Uncle Louie can do a bit of work with him uh, in that sort of off-field space and getting his head right and really into his footy, we could really see the best of him and the best of him uh, is is really, really good. So uh, for me, it's a no-brainer and I think we should do it, but I think we should wait until uh, maybe just before the season starts to do it just to make him sweat a little bit and make him put the effort in. Uh, and, and also for the fact that if he gets an injury um, sort of late, uh, he gets a few injuries um, we can sort of look at it and go, oh, maybe he's not right for us. You know, he can't take the training loads and he's he's not the right type of player. So, um, yeah, that's what I'd be doing with him.
2: And, Monaco, your thoughts on this rumoured or developing picket situation?
3: For me, it's a pass on him. Guy's had two chances, hasn't grabbed it. I don't think we're short on replacements for Willie. Plus, I sort of like a guy like a Nick Robertson. He's a hard nut. I like that sort of player. We're a little bit short in those type of players. And... Um, uh, look, I'm not going to be upset if the if the if the club give give him a, give a pick another chance, but uh, you know, he's had enough chances for me, and that's just my personal slight. And I'd rather take a guy who's a ball tearing goer. Um, I think we saw Robinson do a good job on Whitfield in the final, and uh, but I'll own that. That's a personal slight. That's how I played the game, and uh, I'm always attracted to similar.
2: That'll just about do it from all of us this week. Gents, it's an exciting time of the year every year. It's been a focal point this year and indeed a very exciting draft period. It's one that you've all navigated well, so thanks very much for coming on the show. Asterix, very nice to chat to you again.
0: Thank you. Excellent to catch up and talk this sort of stuff. Just to let you know that uh, East Coast Eagles, Monica and I, we actually put in some hard yards here. We went to the Subi Hotel on, <laughs> um, on Tuesday night. And we, we we just made sure we did our homework for, for for tonight. So thanks, guys, for putting in the hard effort and uh, loved it. Cheers.
2: You love the draft prep. Absolutely fantastic. Monocle, once again, thanks very much for the insights. Thanks, guys. Cheers. East Coast Eagle, fantastic. Thanks for putting in the hard yards with the gents for the preparation as well. Great to talk all things draft with you. And thanks very much for coming on the podcast.
1: No, thank you. I uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, if someone said to me before the draft, you're going to get uh, before the draft in the trade period, you're going to get Kelly and O'Neill, I would have said, where do I sign? So yeah, very happy and um, glad to talk about it.
2: I've been HoneyBadger35. It's been fantastic having a chat with you guys about all things draft. It's been fantastic seeing how it plays out on the board. A lot of discussion, as always. Uh, And thanks very much for listening. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to get in touch with us on Bigfooty. You can follow us on Twitter at WCEBFpod. Or you can leave us a question, a comment, a review. Anything like that on iTunes would also be much appreciated. Thanks very much for listening. And until next time, we will speak to you soon. Bye now.